for coaches by coaches. This is Soccer Chat with Nick Rizzo and Sean Sauterly. Brought to you by social media for high school athletes. What's up, everybody? This is Sean from Soccer Chat and conspicuous by his absent. Did I say that right? Is that right? The word? I don't know. My wife and kids are all the way up in Michigan. They left this morning. I'm still here in Indiana, so I don't have my thesaurus to look at and say, hey, is this right? And Nick is is absent because his family celebrated Thanksgiving tonight on Wednesday, and he's currently super, super stuffed, and he's a little upset because I don't know if you guys saw it. He's really big into pumpkin pie, and he was really hoping that someone uh, in his family or preferably everybody would make him their own, his own pumpkin pie. And uh, he got to his parents' house, and his mother forced him to make his own pumpkin pie himself. So Nick is stuffed because apparently he made the best pumpkin pie ever. But this is Soccer Chat. We will go on. It's a special edition. It's the Friendsgiving episode as you're listening to this on Thanksgiving Day or maybe on Black Friday, whichever it may be. But we want to thank you for listening because this is a listener-supported podcast supported by people just like you who's listening to this very show right now. Best way to support us is to share the links out every single Thursday when the show comes out for free. Share the links out whether you're listening on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcast from. Make sure you're letting your friends know that you are listening to Soccer Chat. We wouldn't be able to do this show without the good folks at Social Media for the High School Athletes. Check them out online at socialstudentathletes.com and all over social media at HS social media. Also, one of the best ways you can support us is to go on iTunes and leave a nice little five-star rating and review that helps the numbers up, that allows more people to see about Soccer Chat, and you too can join the conversation every single Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. All you gotta do is get on Twitter and search the hashtag Soccer Chat. You can also give us a follow at Chat Soccer. That's S-O-C-C-R. There's no E. So that way you can click that little notification button and every time that Soccer Chat posts something, you will get an update and a notification that Soccer Chat has just posted. Wow, this show is awesome. Uh, it was something that we kind of decided to do at the last spur of the moment type thing. It is the first annual Soccer Chat Friendsgiving. What I wanted to do was get a bunch of people together who on Wednesday night had nothing to do getting ready for the big day on Thursday and just get together and talk soccer and kind of take the Twitter questions and answer them even at length because sometimes I know that Nick has mentioned about you know 240 characters or 280 characters, whatever Twitter is now, sometimes isn't enough and we still have to put out multiple things. So now it was able uh, a way for us to dig deeper into the questions and we do that uh, on this episode as we had a, a bunch of guests. We put out a link and said, if you want to join, just click this link Hop on to Google Hangout and you can participate in this week's soccer chat. Uh, it's awesome. I, I know every week I say you guys are going to love it, but you're really going to like this one. It was awesome to go in depth, get detailed in answers and kind of bounce things off of uh, and, and to have people play devil's advocate as well. It's really cool. It's really awesome. And it's coming up right after this. Before we get into this week's soccer chat, let's talk about the Wisconsin Women's Soccer Advisory Council 2018 Symposium. They've got guest speakers that are a blend of local, national, and international expertise to address on and off the field topics, not only to improve our female players' experience in the game, but also to provide valued career opportunities. It's Saturday, December 8th at the Downtown Kitchen in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And for just $75, that's right, $75! you're going to get an amazing experience. There's sessions on creating a culture featuring our homie Don Crow and Stephanie Golan, a sports science panel, 
a sports psychology panel, a professional panel, and the keynote speaker is Anson Dorrance, the head coach of the University of North Carolina Women's Soccer Program. Be a part of the discussion. Network with leaders across the country. Learn about the female mindset, coaching styles, physical development, and building more opportunities to stay in the game. All you have to do is go to wiwomeninsoccer.com to register now for just $75. Once again, that's wiwomeninsoccer.com so you can go and register and be a part of the 2018 Wisconsin Women's Soccer Advisory Council Symposium. This is Soccer Chat Friendsgiving. As you can see, we have not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, not six. We have we have a whole buttload of people here in Soccer Chat because it is Soccer Chat Friendsgiving. And we are so excited that uh, you are joining us here on this special episode as uh, – we, we, we come together. We're all recording this on Wednesday night. So like I said in the uh, the videos, I don't know when Friendsgiving is, but we're going to make it tonight, the night before, uh, and get uh, everybody involved with us tonight. As you are watching this live, whether it be on YouTube or you're watching it on Twitter, we want to thank you for watching uh, and still participate in the chat as well. Uh, so that way you can get involved and, and, and put your answers out there. Before we get started into the uh, the questions and answers and, and just kind of talking about what we're thankful for when it comes to coaching, uh, let's start off with uh, with Alberto. Kind of give everybody a uh, uh, quick background on you and, and, and how you got into Soccer Chat. Uh, sure. Um, so I was actually really just working more for a community um, that was really, really into soccer and really into talking about more of coaching. Um, one of my que- one of my questions was a few weeks ago was finding a mentor, which is like super big for me. Um, but um, moving to a new state, um, finding Soccer Chat was super huge for me. Um, it was really, really helpful um, finding coaches that, you know, coach the same way as I do and talk about the same stuff as I do. And it's been really helpful for me. So that's how I found talking about. All right. Let's go up next to Alex, the ever famous. He's a football kicker at Valparaiso. Also a, a student assistant coach. Alex, give everybody a quick background on you and how you got into soccer chat. Alex, are you there? Sure. Yeah. Like, uh, like you said, I'm from Valpo. I'm still currently a student there. I graduate this December. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Can you hear me? Yep. Can you hear me now? Yes, we can. We got you. We can oh, hear okay. You. Gotcha. Yeah. So like you said, uh, I'm currently at Valpo. still a Wi-Fi. student. Uh, I graduate this December. Um, 
And so, uh, yeah, I kind of figured this out. But, uh, yeah, and uh, I found Soccer Chat last fall um, just through Twitter. Uh, I probably saw someone's response. And uh, since then, I've listened every week, tried to participate as much as I can. And it's been an awesome community to be a part of and have uh, met a lot of people that I've bounced ideas off of already. So very thankful for it. And up next, we have with us all the way direct via satellite from Orlando, Miss Cat. How are you doing? Hi, John. I'm good. The lone weight lady of the night, but that's okay. okay. Yeah, give everybody a quick uh, background on how you got into soccer chat. Yeah, so it's like a year, maybe a little bit longer ago. I was out at Wednesday night dinner with my boyfriend, Tristan, and he was like, hey, you got to check this thing out called soccer chat. And I was like, I don't get it. I don't understand Twitter. What does the hashtag mean? So we had to explain like all of this because apparently I'm not cool. Um, and I just kind of started like tweeting out like my responses. And then that led to conversations with other coaches about like my ideas or like why about certain things. And I don't, I haven't necessarily missed any. Sometimes I don't like participate. I just sit back and watch and kind of, I don't think I've missed one since I started. Maybe I haven't answered all the time, but I'm I'm always there watching. Well, we are excited that you are a part of this with us. Up next, he's all the way from Carthage, but via Texas, because he had to go back home. Because I think that's how they say it when you go back to Texas and you go back home. I'm going back home. Uh Mr. Ian Wilson. Ian, what's going on, buddy? Not too much. How's it going, Sean? Pretty good, pretty good. Gary, get everybody into uh, how you got into soccer chat. Oh, man, I think it started. We worked exact camp last year or whatever it was, a little summer camps, and um, ended up doing the, the men's national team game downtown Chicago. Um, you, Kofi Doesn't Surf, and who else was there? And Bianca. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just kind of hopped on board ever since. Uh, we thank you guys for, for participating. As uh, we had a couple people hop on as we were doing this, we were doing this live. Uh, so as we have the soccer chat going on Twitter, you can join the conversation right now. If you're watching this, uh, you can go on to at chat soccer. Make sure to go on to your Twitter and type in the hashtag soccer chat so you can follow along. As uh, the big thing is now, everybody is introducing themselves. We just did that uh, to let everybody know uh, that who we are and, and what we're doing. Um, you know, we, we kind of went through of um, I'm going to and I'm going to try to to mo- uh, goodness gracious. I know what the word is. Uh, uh, moderate this as as much as I can. Oh, there we got a new one just come in. And as soon as he gets his microphone turned on, we're going to let the man speak because he's he broke out just for us. The blue beast. Mr. Bush, are you there? I am here. How are we today? Listen to that voice, ladies and gentlemen. That is the voice of an angel. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> also, That's... another Soccer Chat alumni. Uh, give everybody kind of a, 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 how you got into Soccer Chat. Oh, goodness. Uh, through Gary. I guess through everything else in my soccer life. <laughs> the Gary Kearney Network. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think if you want to talk networks, you want to talk uh... – meeting and connecting i don't know that there is maybe besides for sean and nick you know a a better person uh to do that i mean gary has networked obviously with just thousands of people around the world 
uh, in this game. So I think uh, that's he was on. Yeah, I think he was on. Yep. Uh, and then Kai was on. And so pretty close with both of those guys. And so when I started my podcast, I called Sean and said, hey, how do I do this? Thus, you see, we have uh, dueling microphones here. You can see hey. the matching, matching happening. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so just trying to be uh, be like my guy here. And uh, he helped me out and decided to say, hey, you know, why don't you pop on and see, uh, give me a chance to, to plug a little bit. Um, so if which this is great. a... My bad, my bad, my bad. No, no, no. Uh, so if uh, if you're new to Soccer Chat, all it is is you go on Twitter, you type in the hashtag Soccer Chat on uh, Wednesday nights at this exact same time, and we just do Q1A1. And if you don't know what that is, is we just put Q1 as a question. And if you have an answer, you don't even have to hit reply. You just type in A1, put your answer, make sure to put in the hashtag Soccer Chat. It's really simple and easy to do. Uh, as we are recording this, coaches are starting to get on the, the chat right now and introducing themselves because we always want to make sure that – Everybody gets to know everybody, and we add those names uh, to our networking. So literally everybody that's a part of Soccer Chat, we are all one massive big family, and that's why we are doing the first ever Soccer Chat Friendsgiving. Uh, maybe I should change the name to Family Giving. I don't know. I just Friendsgiving sounds like a cool thing, and I think that's like the big term uh, in the popular times these days. Um, so the first question that we have tonight, uh, and I'm going to try to moderate this as much as, as I can, so I'll probably go through and just uh, kind of say uh, a name of, of somebody to uh, – to to answer um so let's go with ian to start off with because i know this is something um that is right up his alley uh it's from coach mismer uh with the final eight women's soccer teams in the ncaa tournament competing this weekend any predictions as to who will win it all so ian will you go first on who you think is uh is going to be there to uh to, to to win it all good luck with that one <laughs> oh man, me, and I'm all in the D3 world, so let me pull up what we have in the first one. Oh, I'm, so, I'm sorry, Ian doesn't have his seven monitors to be watching games right now. He's a little bit tied up. All right, so let's let's go to uh, Clifton. You go ahead. Oh, you're going to put me on the spot. Um, That's what you get for saying something. I, I know. I'm trying to jab as much as I can. That's what I'm here for, really, just to be the, the jab guy, you know. Um, we need you, one. You know, I, I think – I, I will I'll start by saying this is that I gotta I gotta shout out Kadani and I feel like that was the USC Florida State game was probably I mean it was as good of a college soccer game that you could probably get um and probably I agree with him in his post conference uh probably shouldn't have been a one four that early in the tournament that said I think uh Florida State did a very good job of handling what is a very good team so I think you know, that's probably a team that is going to make a, a deep run finals college cup, at least, um, you know, you can't count on Stanford's obviously the number one overall and has not slowed down over the last three years. So I think, and you have healthy players at Stanford and as everybody gets back over the course of the next couple of few weeks, and this week has probably a health has probably helped so much um, Stanford, I think top of the, the line. So, I, I mean, I think those are probably your your top two for me. I, everybody at this point, when you get to this stage, nobody is a bad college soccer team. I mean, like these are the teams that play collegiate soccer the right way, the way that's like the next step to the to the NWSL. So I think for me, you know, between Stanford, Florida State, um, those are probably my the ones that I would say uh, are going to be huge. 
And let's go to Kat as uh, we just get joined on the Twitter chat by Coach Misuraka. I know I'm, I'm mispronounced that, but he's at University of Houston, Victoria, Victoria, Texas, home of Stone Cold Steve Austin. So Stone Cold Steve Austin, I know you're listening to your own podcast. If you're listening to this one, you got to go shout out to Coach Brandon at the University of Houston, Victoria. So Kat, who yeah. is your pick to win it all with the women's uh, soccer tournament? Uh, I mean, that's a great question. Like, there's so much good soccer there, but my if you pick a team, are all of your friends gonna hate you? Um, no, because it's not theirs. No, I don't think so. Like, I loved watching Kadani with USC play, and that was a heartbreaker for me. But I really love the way um, UCLA and Stanford play, and I have a lot of respect for Amanda Cromwell and what she's done. So those are my two to get into the finals. And I think I would be happy with either one of them winning just because they're both kind of soccer powerhouses, but the quality of players and just some of the stuff like their playmakers can do, like Jesse Fleming in the middle for UCLA is lights out. Like I think she's hands down one of the best midfielders in the college game. Like she's ridiculous. She checks her shoulder like 8 million times a game, which is pretty impressive for you. Just I just don't feel like you see that a lot. So I'm going to go with, UCLA Stanford in the final and be really happy with whoever pulls it out. Cause I think it'd be a hard fought match. I don't think any team from this point really is going to go down without a fight. So it's going to be a good elite final four getting into it. All right, let's go to Alberto. Alberto, who do you, who do you got? Um, if I'm being completely honest, I I'm working in the D3 boys side um so on the girls side i don't really watch too much um but i'm a southern california boy so i would have there to it is UCLA. there it is i knew i knew something was getting ready going uh so ian have you had time to uh figure out who your pick is yeah i think i'm gonna end up going um a little bit opposite of what someone said before i'm gonna go stanford and unc um, I think UNC is going to take uh, UCLA, and but we'll go Stanford over UNC in the final. I think Stanford's too strong from what I've seen of them this year. All right, and Alex, Alex, who do you got in the women's finals? Yeah, so I'm originally from Florida, and so uh, I can't look past FSU. I watched their game against USF, and uh, they're pretty fun to watch right now. All right. I am going to go with Stanford. Uh, I have no ties to any of the teams except for I really like schools with smart kids who are also good at sports. Uh, I own a Stanford T-shirt. So therefore, Stanford is my pick. And from what it sounds like, uh, you guys saying that they're very, very good. So obviously, I'm going to pick the winner. Uh, Let's see. Coach John Adams at Coach JQA. He says, go G-Town. I'm going to assume Georgetown. I'm I'm not good with assuming things. Uh, But he has Georgetown as his pick. Uh, Let's see. Coach Brandon says he hasn't really got to watch the teams much, but he's going to have a chance tomorrow. Uh, as we get some other coaches who are hopping on, uh, Coach Corey Reinard, as well as Colin Baker. We're excited that people are joining, uh, whether you're watching this live now or you're, or you're participating with us or you're doing the uh, the Twitter chat with us. We are excited uh, that you guys are, are getting on here. 
So of, of any of you, and I, I, we can start off with Ian because Ian's my, my big advocate for, for this. You know, a lot of people are probably watching or, or, or they're answering now on Twitter and they're trying to, and they're saying things like, well, I, don't, I haven't really watched the, the women's game, whether it's D1 level or D2, D3, whatever it may be. Um, what is it about the women's game at any of the levels that you feel that, especially coaches, things that we can get from that and how much better it makes the game and it makes us as coaches just by viewing that and, and becoming a fan of that? I don't think it's just like the college women's game in general. It's just like when we had our chat conversation the other day, you know, talking about the U-17 World Cup and how we failed to qualify for, or, you know, not not beating, who is it, uh, Germany the other day. I think there's a lot to learn from watching all levels of women's soccer, not just, you know, the NCAA level. I think there's a lot going on um, to take away. And as we talk about educating um, our current athletes, our, our youth club athletes, and kind of getting them to kind of really to get a real good look and feel. I think watching all levels of NCAA and AIA and you know uh, JUCO soccer would be good. Yes, I, I think the more uh, soccer that we can watch, the better. And I know that especially in, in the women's game, there are so many good players. I know Nick had made the comment uh, in, in one of our group texts um, that – he, you know, we need to watch more because these are the future players of our national team. Uh, and, you know, and, and Clifton, I mean, you are the guru when it comes to analyzing uh, the game and, and the analysis of the women's side, especially at the pro level. Are there players currently that we're going to be able to see in this tournament uh, here in the, these next couple of days as we figure out who the national champion as players that you already have on your radar that they're going to make an impact uh, at the pro level? Oh, I mean, clearly, I mean, we've already, Kat's already started off with, I think, what is thought to at this point to be the preeminent number one. Uh, I think at this point, it looks like Fleming's going to come out. Um, You've got a bevy of players coming out of Stanford. Um, I mean, their roster is just so loaded (laughs) with with senior level talent. Um, And the draft just opened, the draft just opened a couple of days ago. And so I think you're going to look at it and see, you know, Fleming, Davidson, uh, you know, your Bunny Shaw is going to be kind of she's kind of my sleeper out of Tennessee. She's in the Elite Eight. Uh, we'll play. And whether or not she goes overseas and plays and takes her talents, we'll see. But for now, I mean, coming out this year, you know, Bunny Shaw's I, I think, is probably one of the, the highest rated players, and especially in the attack. Uh, Allie Watt out of Texas A&M, DiBiase, Stanford. Uh, Rassiopi at Duke. I mean, the list is is on and on, and these are all players who have perennially been in U20s, U17s, 15s, 16s. They've just been in every level. Um, so these are national team level players that are going to make an impact in the NWSL, not just fill spots as we go through our, our seventh season. Uh, Coach Mittner says, uh, or Miss Mer says that he thinks Stanford looks so solid. PSU is playing great. NC is always a threat. I think uh, I'd be remiss if we didn't give a shout out to our friend Don Crow, UNC grad. Uh, only lost her only game to Duke. I always have to throw that in there. Um, so, you know, we, we want to give them a shot. There's so many good teams here. And, you know, with Alberto, with your team uh, being on the boys' side and even on the, on the 3 3 side, are there things that you find yourself in, when you are in your offseason and you're watching just any game that you can see? Are there things that you are finding from a Division One women's team, or maybe if there's coaches that you know at the, in, the, in the women's game, whether it's D1, D2, D3, or, or at the pro level, that you're picking up and saying, okay, how can I take that and twist it to work for my guys? Yeah, of course. Um, so I work 
so my school is a little bit different. Um, our D3 actually has a reserve team as well. And I help a lot more on the reserve side, um, but obviously I help with the first team. Um, but um, just seeing small things, um, we play the right way a lot of um, – we don't play kickball, that's per se. <laughs> um, <laughs> so um, we play a lot of playing out of the back. So it's nice to see a lot of the D1, D2 school, D schools um, doing playing the game the proper way um, rather than, you know, having a super physical school number nine you know up 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 top um and really big burly center backs um we like to play it the right way and it's nice to see that the d1 d2 schools are playing the proper way and that's what we like to bring to our school it's always funny that when you hear about teams that are playing the proper way so i i kind of as everybody's heard through the show before uh this fall i had a 2016 and uh the boys we learned they learned to play out of the back and they moved the ball so well uh, and we would lose to teams because they would just pumpkin chuck it up to one guy who was super, super fast and then go score. And I see Kat laughing. I don't know if she's pumpkin chucking or what it was, um, but feel free to use it. I figured in the South, you guys would have that already. Um, but the teams would just kick it up front to one player. And the t- when we would lose those games, those coaches would come up to our boys and say, you're the best player. You're the best team in this league because you actually play soccer the right way and you're building it out of the back and you're passing the ball around to create up, create opportunities for each other. And it's funny how I think age at, even at, at the college level, I think it's hard for them to see that, especially because the, everybody's thinking results. Well, if I'm playing well, or if I'm playing the right way, we're not winning. Uh, there, there's, there's ways to get around that. And how with your guys, uh, do if you do have that problem, if a guy, if, if guys are playing well, but they just feel down because the results aren't coming um, you know, what is it that you do with your team to kind of get them to see that, hey, playing the right way is a good thing. Like, even if we're losing, we're playing the right way. It's going to take us into the next game. It's a culture. Um, it's believing in what we're actually doing. Um, the results come, um, but we just really have to be patient, um, especially for a lot of the freshmen coming in. You know, it's it might be different from what their old club did or um you know being a d3 you don't get to pick you know um top top players per se um maybe some of the players that we want um but we um we try to emphasize playing the best way we can and usually we do really well i mean we had a really really good season for our first team and our second and our reserve team had a really good season as well so um it, it shows um the head coach has been there for 17 years and um he's done really really well for himself so and he's really well known in the Atlanta area so um usually the players that we do pick are the players that actually already believe in that system and Alex you know you're just graduate you're getting ready to graduate and you're still doing the college thing so for the brand hashtag for the brand kicking the football 75 yards uh at a time uh what are things that you know because I know that you study the game a lot you mentioned you were, you were down to, to see FSU play as you prepare to go to that next step in your coaching career, actually that first step in your coaching career as, as graduating, uh, what are the things that you're taking from the games that you've seen lately um, that you want to implement as soon as you get started? Yeah. So I think uh, watching the college game and even the pro game and the international game is kind of just seeing what that quality is and knowing what the top level looks like. Cause I mean, I think someone mentioned at one point that like, if you're coaching high school or club soccer and you don't know what a division one team looks like, 
how can you tell a Division One coach that that's what that your kid's a Division One talent? Like you can't. Um, so I think that's a big thing that uh, I take from is that if I want to help coach at the highest level I can, I need to know what the highest level looks like so that I know that all right, this player is legit and uh, can play at the next level even after college. Um, I'm working with one of the girls at Valpo now who's seriously contemplating playing pro and uh, and I'm supporting and helping her however I can. And if I'm not watching those pro games, there's no way that I can tell her that she's capable of doing that. Um, I think that's the important part of being able to watch as much as you can as a coach. And Ian, I believe you have a devil's advocate that you like to play. So to, to kind of go back to what what you said before, and and I've, I've had this we've had I've had this conversations with, with other coaches, and it'll be interesting to see what people here say. It's like as we talk about playing the right way, you know, what dictates and, and who defines what playing the right way is. That is a very very good question. I think uh, for me, playing the right way, uh, at least in my eyes, is like with my club. Uh, playing the right way is what our curriculum tells us to. Um, I don't think. You know, as I sit here and we we joke on the pumpkin chucking thing, uh, that uh, that's got Cat laughing again. Um, maybe that's the right way for that team to play. But I, when you pumpkin chuck, you just kick along. You're only focusing on on one person. Um, so I think that uh, that's a very very good question. What is the right way to play, Cat? What 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 do you think? What is the quote unquote right way to play? I mean, I think it it kind of depends. Like everybody has their own definition of the right way to play. And I feel like it kind of depends on what you're trying to achieve. Are you wanting to win games and get instant gratification and get results? And you know, the only way to beat a team is to be super direct. Then that may be the right way. Like, I don't think there's a direct answer for it. Cause I think the right way is also different in very many different ways. Because to, if you're like college coaches, I feel I'm not one, never been one. But I feel like it's more results-oriented. So if you know you have to play more direct against a team, then that is the right way and that circumstance for your team to play. But, I mean, if you watch cultures around the world, like there's certain styles for certain coaches that that's the right way for them. I think it just comes back to your coaching principles and what you're about specifically and what you're trying to accomplish. And, like, as a youth coach, I want to develop players but just kicking a ball long, I'm only developing one or two players, not a team. And my job is to develop a team of players so that when they get to the college level, they're going to be able to do certain things and have certain qualities that coaches want. So I kind of feel like it just depends on the area you're in and what you're trying to achieve as a coach. Alberto, what do you think? Uh, fully agree. Um, it, it really just depends on what you're trying to do. It depends on what kind of team you have as well. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a firm believer that, you know, whatever you try, so whatever your culture is, I'm sure you can, um, shape your players to do that. Um, but it's just what you're looking for. You know, um, I, I also coach club and I see a lot of, you know, U12 players and U12 coaches just playing very, very direct. And obviously that's very, um, there's very much, um, result driven rather than, um, development driven and I'm just very much on development I'm very much on the development side of the game um, when it, it's d3 so I'm trying to develop these players at the end of the day um, and yeah that's that's my take on it 
That's a, it's a very good uh, discussion, and, and Ian, excellent job on coming up with that one. That's that's a that's a very big thing because I think in soccer, we if you are learning under someone good, they're always going to say, "This is how I do it," but you're going to do it differently because you got to do what works for you. And I think that brings up a very good point of what exactly is the the right way to play. And I think that it all depends on what you as a coach are trying to do. Um, and, and at the same time, what is right for your players? So, you know, Clifton, in your sense, uh, how many teams have you coached where maybe playing the right way for one team is completely different for the next? I, I mean, I think as, as everybody said, it, it's defined. Well, especially cat, like I think it's defined on your principles. So the right way is defined on the principles that you, that you need to get out of the team that you have. And so for me, every team is different. Every team is, there are very few coaches in my opinion that can do, you know, if you're Jose Mourinho, Pep Guardiola, you know, you're some of the top four or five coaches in the world and you can recruit the exact player to the exact position for your exact style, then sure. Um, play however you want, whether that be direct, indirect, you know, it doesn't matter. You, if you one of those, coaches then you do whatever it is that you feel like is necessary for you to win matches in the development world that's a whole different thing I don't work in the development world Um, but I think for me it's about the decision making so the right way is has are you teaching your players whether they're pros or six-year-olds how to make the best decision for the moment and sometimes that best decision is a direct ball over the top in behind because it creates you an opportunity to score. It increases your your range of passing. It increases your ability to see and have vision. Sometimes it's an indirect pass. Sometimes it's seeing a third man run. Sometimes, So the decision-making process for me is how I define the right way. It is, are my players making the appropriate decisions in the appropriate situation the majority of the time? And so every team I've coached, that's how it is that I try to try to coach players is hey you, that can we make better decisions what was the decision that you made what was the reason did you have a reason and so for me every every team is different because you're coaching different personalities who see things and have different perspectives ian how often do you play devil's advocate and things like this all i feel like time. that's your like that's your thing all the time all so time. basically we're, we're all going to have answers to things and Ian's going to send up a little text or in the chat thing, which I don't know if you guys can see there or have access to it. Uh, but if you go in the chat, you can just type in a message and it will pop up and we'll all be able to see it. So if you have a question uh, in the middle of somebody answering, just pop that up. So that way we can uh, make sure to get the, the microphone on you. So I'm sure that as you all give answers, um, Ian is going to play devil's advocate uh, and and go after each and every single one of us because that's what he does, especially when you have your, a university named after yourself. Um, I'm going to turn it over to Alex again. Alex, um, with the things that you've picked up lately, this is more geared towards you than else because you're still a student. You're you're just now getting into things. How much has interacting with the coaches on Soccer Chat really helped you? Uh, because you know, as being a, co- a current college student, you can't go away to uh, coaching courses. You can't attend various things because a you're a student athlete, you're, you're a football player, you're coaching soccer at the same time. How important for you is doing things like Soccer Chat, uh, where you're getting information and, and just constantly building that network. 
Yeah, I mean, I think at where I'm at in my career, it's crucial um, being able to see as many different ideas as possible um, and being able to meet and network with as many coaches as possible. Um, like I said, I've I've talked privately with seven, eight different coaches that I've met solely on Soccer Chat. Um, and it's been awesome to be able to talk to them and kind of just bounce my ideas and different things off of them. Um and kind of, I've actually helped some people with, uh, I just tried to pass my certified strength and conditioning specialist uh, exam in July. And there's been two or three people on Soccer Chat that I've been able to help them out, which has been something that has really kind of validated me and what I'm doing that, all right, I can, can cook it all in and not be leeching off everybody just trying to learn um so it's been awesome being able to to kind of be a part of this whole community let's see here we've got some more uh, replies on twitter currently of people making their picks for the uh the women's national tournament uh coach ellis riley another soccer chat alum says he's going for unc to edge it out uh let's see at cb soccer guy is saying either georgetown or unc um, conspicuous by his absence because he is absolutely destroying his own pumpkin pie that uh, his mother made him make instead of her making him make, um, or instead of making her make, she made him made it. Uh, Nick Rizzo is going, says, if UCLA beats UNC, I think they have it. Stanford did not. If not, that's a, a very uh, wise way to go. Just pick three or four teams there, Nick. That's, that's what you can do. Um, so, you know, Ian, this, this one kind of goes back to you. Uh, because somebody did respond, uh, we put in our in our soccer chat. Uh, question two is is from you. You know what dictates the right way to play. So, uh, uh, Brandon Misuraka says, you know, at the youth level, a focus on completing successful passes. That's it. At the college level, there's really no quote unquote right way for every team. Only has to be the right way for each team. Uh, Ian, what would be your response to that? Uh, repeat the repeat that, please. Uh, at the youth level, a focus on completing successful passes, that would be it. At the college level, there's really no right way for every team, only the right way for each team. I'd agree. I, and and, and the, the, especially with, with the, the second part, uh, speaking of the, the collegiate level and, and kind of what your systems are and your league and things like that, the, the first part, I really haven't coached you know youth club in a really, really long time, so you know, I think that's a debatable thing, at least in my mind, is a, as I've seen and talked with some youth coaches, like it's, you know, a lot of it's, you know, the, the connecting passes or it's the, you know, getting the 5,000 juggles and doing all these other sorts of things. And so I guess like from, from a club standpoint, I would love to hear, you know, or, for, or from the, or the, the true youth level, I'd love to hear some, some feedback on that. Uh, at CB Soccer Guy actually has a response for that as well. It says, there's no right way to play the game or even coach the game. That's what makes our sport so special and unique. Everybody sees it differently uh, and everybody teaches it differently. Everybody has their own preferred way to play or system to use. Uh, and at Coach Prunt says, game of opinions must have a way to forget that. For youth, a positional possession style develops all players and principles of the game and still and developed by the way. Uh, so Kat, what would be your, uh, or coach Horton, actually coach underscore Horton has a very good one for happiness. That's the right way 
to play the game. So, Kat, what would kind of be uh, your response? I think everybody's kind of along the same lines of you as it really depends on what your team is. But do you think that it is an age-appropriate question? Maybe there is a right way to play the older you are compared to uh, youth players. Uh, uh, hmm. Well, I mean, I think, like, for me, I have three different teams, and they're all – three different age groups from U13, just learning to play 11 aside to U15 to U18. And I have to coach them all differently. Um, But it doesn't change like my principles. Like I am a possession oriented coach. Like I want to build out of the back. I want to play possession soccer, but there's a time and the place for the ball over the top or the through ball. And it's teaching kids to recognize um, oh my gosh, you're taking a selfie right now, and I just got distracted. Well, no, no, it's because we're telling everybody to show us that they're watching, and well, I'm participating, so I'm going <laughs> to admit it. Um, sorry, square. I saw something shiny, and it just went. I just went with it. Um, anyway, so I think going with it, kind of depending on your style, but even at the younger ages, like if you're not teaching them how to make decisions and how to technically be able to trap and pass the ball what's the point of playing a more direct soccer? Because if they can't trap and pass the ball, even if they can hit a rolling ball at them, can the person that's on the other end of it receive it? So I kind of think it goes back to the principles and what you want to do as a coach. And for me, if my players can't pass and trap the ball at 9, 10, 11, how are you going to be able to play direct when you're 13, 14, 15? And I kind of feel like they bounce off of each other. Um, so I don't even know if that answers the question, but I feel like it might. I bet it does. I bet it does because every answer you give is the best cat. Don't let anybody tell you any differently. Well, thanks, Sean. Yours. <laughs> uh, a lot of people are, are popping on saying, you know, they get, they got family things going on, so they're not able to get in. Uh, and that's cool. That's what this is all about. Uh, soccer chat. You can go back at any time. If you get stuff tomorrow uh, or today, if you're listening to this on Thanksgiving, happy Thanksgiving, by the way, if you're stuffed, you've already undone the button and the, and the belt loop and you're just, you got that food itis. You know what I'm talking about? You get the itis when you eat uh, and you're listening to this, or you're, you're going back, you can go back and answer the questions. Our next one actually comes to us from Alex. Alex submitted this question earlier this week. He said, with that time of year coming around, any coaches have specific tips or advice for coaching interviews? Who here uh, has some advice for, uh, for, for Mr. Alex? Would that be you, Alberto? Oh, man. (laughs) Just be yourself. Just honestly be yourself. Um, I, I try to throw in humor. Um, in my interview, um, might not be the most professional thing, um, but I, I just try to be myself uh, at all times. Um, well, I, th- I think you're, I think humor is right because you do, you do have to show you yourself, your personality, sure. because they want to hire. It's not about what you can do as a coach and, and what you can make people do. It's about you as well because you have to be somebody they can bring in. So humor is fine. I think I I'm fine with humor. Alberto, you bring humor to when I'm interviewing you, and I'm gonna love you. Yeah, it's your personality, <laughs> Alex. Uh, you know what? I know you had uh, had. And had asked this online and I know you've gotten some responses. Uh, what were kind of some of the feedback that you got from people on that one? Um, I got, I think I'm like one or two, but basically it was to, to be yourself. Um, that was the main thing that, that both of the responses were. 
Um, I ask because I'm getting into that phase where uh, I'm getting into a couple of interviews, a couple of phone interviews, and just wondering if there's anything that could kind of help me out there. Clifton, do you got any advice for, for young Alex? Oh, goodness. Uh, I wish. <laughs> um, no, I, I'm trying to, you know, try and do it myself and figure out what on earth is going on. So I feel like as many times as I've done it, I still don't know that I ever really get it right. But yeah, because like no interviews, no two interviews are ever the same. And that's it's what I would say is a couple of things. Um, first is know who you're interviewing with as, as well as you possibly can. Um, so whoever is the hiring manager, the head coach, the, you know, if you're having to talk to an athletic director or, you know, whatever it might be in SWA, if you're in women's side of the college game, know who that is and know what they're about. So that way you can absolutely get yourself, <laughs> you, you can speak the right language. And that's a lot of it is like, can you speak the language that is inside their environment inside their culture and so i think that would be one thing for me is like yeah i think somebody said here like do your homework like make sure you know who those people are and what they're about um i I would say the second thing is like once you know and you're there and you're at the interview is can you impact the interview as much as you can and so i think the best way to do that is to have very good questions for them so a lot of times you're going to answer and you're going to say, you know, what you're about, what your philosophy and everybody, you know, make sure you have all that stuff ready and prepared to answer all the questions that are going to come. But I think one of the things that really separates uh, good interviewers from your average interviewer is somebody who has good questions to ask of the interviewee. So, you know, if that, whatever that, there may be things culturally that don't fit. There may be things that, um, you know, you're about that they aren't like, you want to know, you want to interview them as much as you, they're interviewing you because everybody needs to have the job fit be good. Um, that's just the, the nature of it. You don't want to be stuck somewhere in a year or two <laughs> miserable, you know, because you didn't understand what was going to be demanded of you. And so for me, I think those would be the two, two things that I would, that I would advise is learn as much about whoever's interviewing you and then make sure that you have good quality questions prepared for your interviewee that get you as much information about the job that you need. And Alberto, I know you had mentioned uh, you had wrote in the little chat about doing your homework. You, you want to add to that? Um, No, I mean, just know if, if you're going to like, for a college interview, for example, um, know how they did during the season. Um, talk about it. You know, talk about big wins. Talk about you know um, the the way they play. Um, it just know about who you're um, who's interviewing you. Just do your homework. Yeah, and that kind of goes along with uh, Corey Reinard says uh, for Alex. He says know the team system and style. Be yourself. Be confident in your skill and your knowledge that's absolutely uh, a big thing to do when it comes uh for for job interviews um you know i think uh you know i i kind of mentioned no interviews are ever the same um they're all different uh, you know i've been to interviews where i literally walked in they said we've called your references uh and yada, yada yada and i was never asked a question i may have said like two sentences and that was it. And then I've been in some where they just absolutely grill you uh, like an interrogation. Uh, Coach Brandon also says, uh, Alex, he says, show that you've done your research. Talk about the university as much as the program uh, and be confident. And I know that our man, Ian, Ian, uh, you've got some more to add to that. 
But then like that's one of the big things is we talk about knowing the department and knowing the program, but I think know the institution and know the type of institution that, that you're interviewing at. You know, if you're someone that is, you know, that you're not very religious, you know, maybe interviewing at a school that's like that's very religious, maybe that maybe that may not be in your wheelhouse. And and know know those sorts of things because that will impact your team's culture. Um, you know, and the way things happen within the department, within the team and, and, and a much larger scale. That's, that's for sure. You kind of got to know, uh, everything that that's going on. Um, let's see here. I, I know, uh, that, um, this is kind of the season where the jobs are opening and, and, and people are getting involved and, and, and going on doing their interviews. Uh, it, it'd be uh, not like us if we didn't wish uh, well wishes to anybody who's going out uh, doing those job interviews. However, Soccer Chat can help you out. Let everybody know we, we're here for you. If you are kind of in the same boat as Alex and you're, you're starting to do the job interviews, reach out to anybody. Just go on hashtag Soccer Chat. See all the people who get involved uh, and, and feel free to contact any of them. Any of us who's on here right now. Uh, you know, we, we want to help you all as much as we can. Cause that's what, uh, soccer chat is, is definitely all about. Um, as we got probably about, uh, I think about 20, 25 minutes here uh, to go. Um, you know, Alex, I think, did you just, uh, say that you were signed up for a convention, uh, this week? I think it was. I did. Yeah. Just through that. I signed up, uh, making the trip, uh, I went to Chicago. Okay, so I saw that, and you got like crazy amounts of likes and retweets from like big name people. Alex, what are you doing to get the attention of these folks? I don't know. It's got to be soccer chat, right? <laughs> hey, we will gladly get on your coattail and ride that thing as long as we can. We'll take that. Well, let's. Uh, who? Where's the name drop here? I I, I don't. Uh, who? For those of us who didn't see it, I, I want to okay. see. Okay, well, hold on. I'm, I'm going to pull here. it up here. I'm going to pull it up here. Uh, let's see here. Okay. Uh, Alex, he tweeted out, just registered to go to the United Coaches Convention this January for the first time. Can't wait to meet and learn from some of the greatest coaches in the world. And let's see. We've got David Robertson, who is a uh, Soccer Chat alum. Uh, let's see here. We've got uh, – uh, I did see uh, oh, uh, Ellis Riley, big-time baller. Uh, but the biggest baller of them all – who liked it was the at the real coach Sam. Sam Etherington was the biggest baller uh, who who liked it, um, and I saw that there were some retweets as well from that. So if you are going to convention, make sure to uh, to hit up Alex and, and hit up all of us uh, who will be attending. Uh, is anybody else uh, in here going to to convention? Yeah, yeah I'll be. 100%. Yeah, I'll be at convention. Uh, probably cover trying to cover the we're looking into covering the draft for the for the podcast so we're looking into covering the nwsl draft for for all the listeners out there in the world and alex you you've got one more you got one more like you got one more like if you, hey, if you hey there we go <laughs> getting them getting them set up um <laughs> So like the especially with convention coming up, it's it's a big thing. Uh if you don't know anything about it, just go on at United Soccer or United Coaches. Uh they will get you connected. You're gonna absolutely uh love your time at convention. Uh I've been three times, I believe. Uh and and I I I hurt myself every year that I don't go because of how much I learn from it. Um and, and we're gonna get into our next question uh as, as we get ready to wrap up here. We're gonna start off with Kat because I know she's been dying uh to get some more answers. Uh this is from at Beach Daddy. He says, Chat Soccer, 
I hope I don't get uh, too much grief for calling out United States soccer. Uh, but as an aspiring, <laughs> yeah, that's why we picked you, Kat. Yeah. Uh, he says, but as an aspiring coach, why should we trust USSF and their coaching resources, follow their timelines, and et cetera, when it doesn't look like they can produce a top-level coach of their own? And he, he replied back to that as saying, this mainly sparks from the lack of international and club coaches at the top levels. Yes, I do realize this is apples to oranges comparison, comparison, but I do believe there is some validity to the question. And the fact that I said validity correctly, I think it's me 10 points, but we're not around the horn, so I can't get myself 10 points. Kat, what's your, uh, what's your response to that? So why why should we go U.S. soccer route of education? Is that the main point? I think kind of because I think what he's trying to say is we have all these coaching courses. We have all these things going on, but it doesn't seem like uh, around the world people who are completing those are getting – these big, I don't know whether he's trying to say like these big jobs or, or maybe not the recognition, but if we are to, if that's what we're striving for, um, why are we not producing? Why is Barcelona not knocking down a coach's door who has a US or a USSF a license? I mean, I don't even know if I know the answer to that, but like for me, it's just like, I have aspirations to be at the highest level possible, but the only way to do that is to go through these courses and it's a kind of about networking too. So it's not just the course itself. Like you can learn a ton from going to these courses, but you're going to meet a ton of people as well while you're on these courses. So how much can you just absorb and learn? And then how many, like what, who can you meet and how can you network? And like, that's why I love like soccer chat. Like I get to talk to all of y'all and challenge myself on a daily basis with soccer. So whether you're going US soccer or United soccer coaches, like I'm going up both routes because I'm trying just to get as much information as possible. Like I don't know that Barcelona is ever going to come knocking at my door for the women's side, but they probably maybe, will. Maybe one day. I mean, I'm not going to say that's not possible. I mean, there's a needle in a haystack somewhere. It might be a very big haystack, but it could happen. But the more you can educate yourself, that I think the better off you are. I don't think you can just limit it because like, yeah, we're not maybe producing these coaches, but if we're not educating coaches in the first place, are we ever going to get there anyways? Yeah. So, and what you're saying is, is spot on. I, I would, I think part of what this is asking as well is like the curriculum portion is like, should coaches at a youth level be following u.s soccer curriculum and you know be getting behind a ussf model of play as well as like you know part of it is licensure but part of it is a model of play part of it is resources part of it is like how do you produce a top player um as some like i'm not necessarily in the college game so I, i would defer to somebody who coaches a ton of youth athletes to like is that something that you follow is that something that you're you are comfortable following uh based on the the way that the u.s soccer teams are are going right now uh well for me um i i'm talking more on the youth side i also am a director at a club firm the nine to 12s on the girls side um so for that for me um the reason why I do the licenses is, you know, to educate myself at the end of the day. Um, I'm doing the USSF right now. Um, I'm Which gonna, one? Uh, I'm taking the C. Okay, um, cool. Very, very soon. 
Um, I'm also looking into the route of United Soccer Coaches, which I think I go straight to Advanced National. Um, mm. And then, you know, I have already looked at um, the UEFA licenses as well, the FA as well. Um, I have friends that have done it. And I think the more education that you get from different sources, the best way you can mesh them all together and find something that works for you. That's a, that's, you know, I know there are a lot of people who are trying uh, desperately to get uh, Canadian addresses so they can go get the Canadian B because it seems like a, a very, very big, um, uh, license for people to have. I've actually looked into uh, in my time in Michigan because I was like, I'm only four hours away from Canada. I can go get a Canadian license. Um, Canada has before you can do their B or A, they have this. Um, I, I wish I, I knew the name of it off the top of my head, um, but it's a a licensing and it's a course that's specifically based about player development and like individual skills. And they, they highly suggest, and I wish I knew the name of it. Uh, I, I had it memorized in my time that I was in Michigan, but I, I don't have it now. Um, but it was a, a almost like uh, just how to make your, your youth players even more technical than, than what they are already. Um, and, and I think that that was just like, when I kind of looked at the curriculum before, I was like, man, like this is incredible. And um, you can, you, you you add this to your your repertoire and and you notice that your your players are are, are getting better because I've watched some Canadian national teams on the youth level and they've been super super technical. I've coached against uh, some of the top Canadian club teams at the uh, the 18s, the 19s, the 16s, the 17s levels, and they're some of the most technical players I've ever seen. So I'm thinking, well, hey, if that's what these coaches have and their players are doing that, then maybe that's something that I should look into. So I think you know, and on Twitter right now, everybody's kind of going back and forth about it because everybody says uh, the same thing of uh you know it's important to have the ussf it's important to have the 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 licensing and stuff but at the same time like you've got to be creative enough and and ussf has to be able to allow you to think outside the box and things along that and i know that kat you had a you had a question kind of uh for it kind of going along with like the curriculum part like if they're handing down this curriculum and this is what we're supposed to be doing but it's but we all don't buy into it like it's, I guess it's more towards the player development. Are we going to develop the kind of players that U.S. soccer is looking for? So if you're going to these courses and they're saying this is the curriculum and three people take it back and they're doing it and the rest are like, well, I just regurgitated information so that they know that I get it, but I just do my own thing. Are we hindering, helping? How are we helping in that process as coaches if we're not all buying in to what U.S. soccer or United Soccer Coaches is trying to teach on a curriculum basis. And that's a that's a very good point, actually, because I, 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 I've talked on this show before about going to places and when you have a technical director who's saying these different things and you have the coaches who are like, well, I'm not going to do that. Well, if, the, if those coaches don't buy into what the club wants them to do, then why should the kids buy into what the, the coach wants? And you mentioned a very valid point. If we're not going to buy into what USSF is telling us, uh, then, then how do we know if it works or not? That's a very cat with the <laughs> mind blown. Anybody else got anything? To yeah. Add? I mean, and here's like, uh, like aligning with a, a goal is always going to get you better. Right. I, I mean, like having some kind of alignment is going to get you further than people going, you know, it's the fingers versus fist kind of a thing, right? Like it, it's that kind of a concept. But I think what gets lost a little bit, um, and I so I've I've completed all the way through. So I've I have a USSF senior A license, 
Um, Whoa. And so, <laughs> stop. <laughs> Get out of here. So, but I, I, I only say that to say this is like, you have to, I think part of the thing to remember is that these coaches, so like part of this is very fresh because we were knocked out of the Women's World Cup today um, on a pretty bad loss to Germany 4-0. I, I think what we have to remember is like these coaches are trying to coach their own team as well. Like, so they're not like, they're not immune us soccer and the national teams, the youth national teams aren't immune to the same struggles that we have. Like you still have an opponent. Like you still have somebody you're playing against who has differing philosophies, who's training in different environments. And we are the largest country in the world who's, playing soccer and it's very hard to get these kids in all from all the stuff that everybody's talked about now is the segmentation and buy-in and all licenses and you have united soccer coaches and ussf and uefa and all these different philosophies our country is the melting pot of all of that so i come back to this alignment portion is like somewhere there has to be alignment germany has alignment spain has alignment France has alignment, like the French Federation course that MLS uh, youth coaches have been in the DA have been taking is an amazing technical, tactical advancement course like that. That's getting our guys somewhere. So at some point in time, we've got to, you know, as things go, we've got to get that into coaches, you know, Kat and myself in the women's side of the game. We've got to get those kinds of educational opportunities as well. But it's alignment is important. But we can't lose sight that, you know, Mark Carr lost today, but he was he was trying to do his best. And I don't know that any of the rest of us, U.S. soccer or otherwise, would have done a different deal because he can only work with the team that he has, just like the rest. of us. And so I, I think maybe for me, if I'm being a little bit provocative, the question is a little unfair. Like, I mean, I think the U.S. soccer is working in best practices. The national teams work in the real world. Yeah. And that's two separate, separate questions. That's uh, and I feel like that's a big thing, too, in, in our soccer is what is supposed to work for the national programs, the youth or the senior teams, isn't exactly going to work for my 2002 boys team. It's not exactly going to work for Alberto team. It's not going to work for Cats teams. Uh, so how can we, where is that breakdown and where can we change that to make it all match up? The breakdown is me, I think. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a, I mean, for me, it's a follow like, and here would be my thing. It's like, we talked before. <laughs> so question one is, you know, it's, it's back to that kind of a thing. It's like, if you're in the DA, what is your goal? Your goal, if you're a boys DA player, your goal is to, play professional which means you're likely going to go into a sub pro environment to try to get into that mess or get a contract overseas if you're in the women's game you're trying to go to college division one top 50 program so that you can then get yourself drafted if you there's a level for everybody if you're playing in a d3 environment and academics are your focus because you're at an engineering school you're at mines and you're going to go solve the world's engineering problems then that's a different it's a different alignment so we we 
place the same alignment for national teams and exp- say that it needs to work for everybody. It doesn't. That D3 kid has no business. <laughs> like, that's not what they need to be about. What they're doing is enrichment and co-curricular education. It's about learning how to work as a unit and a team so that when they go into an engineering or they go to work for Google, they can go to that place and work in a pod and be effective. That's what their goal is. Like, it's not all about, you know, there are very few of us who work in an environment that is like, you're, you have to prepare pros and that, and so we don't have to assign the rest of it. And that's fine. That's what U.S. soccer is about. They're about trying to find the next national team members. So if you don't fall in that category, then you do what you have. <laughs> that's uh that's very true and uh you know mike or michael prunt or prunty says uh you know lack of success in pricing many out of educational opportunities make it very easy to look elsewhere for educational opportunities and i think that's a big thing too because the cost of these classes may also set people off that may also make us go oh well do i really need that course because you sit here and, and we we all know some of our, our best friends that are coaches that are really, really good, and they've all got these big-time licenses. And then we also have our friends who are amazing, great coaches, just as good as the others, but they have nothing. And as, uh, you know, whether you're a young coach or you're, uh, like myself, married with kids, trying to buy a house, you know, some of these times, some of the, these courses can price themselves out to where you go, would you all really need that? Because that's $5,000. I could put that towards my house. Or, hey, I've got kids. I've got to pay for food and clothes and things along those lines and tuition, stuff like that. So I, there's just so many things that I feel become this factor uh, of whether it's a good thing or it's a bad thing. Um, but I, I and, uh, you, you've got something to, to add to that. Maybe. Yeah, and that's a tough question. No, but like, but but I think like when when as he was talking about alignment, I, I think like that's one of the other things. Uh, you know, you've got all these different associations, all these different things that are happening. You know, like when you know when ECNL first like you know popped up on the girls' side, and U.S. Soccer didn't want to have anything to do with it. Now, all of a sudden, a few years later, you know, U.S. Soccer wants to have something to do with with that elite level on the girls' side, and so on and so forth. And I think that. You know, or when you've got, you know, at the at the local club level, when you've got kids who don't make the A team or the top team of their local club, they decide, oh, I'm going to go start my own club. You know, and that just kind of creates another schism within the alignment of player development. So, like, that's where I was getting at with with that whole alignment thing that I, that I toss out there. It's a, it's another very uh... – very valid point. Um, we have to make sure to uh, give a shout out to Bobby Puppioni. He just said, happy Thanksgiving uh, to everybody at Soccer Chat and best wishes to all. Best wishes back to you, Bobby. Best wishes back to you, my friend. Uh, a, a couple weeks ago, uh, a couple weeks ago, we heard uh, Nick talk about he had gotten this email from somebody who listened to the show and they were going to have a drink and get a bag of Reese's Pieces. Uh, and we are joined uh, on Twitter this evening by uh, said coach at Soccer Manthony, um, tonight's soccer chat is fantastic. Beer, Reese's Pieces, and some great conversation. Happy Thanksgiving to all the coaches. Um, have you ever done beer with Reese's Pieces? That is the question. I have not. Uh, not my uh, not my cup of tea to do uh, chocolate and a uh, adult beverage. Um, but uh, you know that that is what it is, I guess. Um, so. Um, <laughs> uh beach daddy who actually sent us that uh that that question is currently answering 
if you are on the chat right now, uh, he's currently in Wisconsin hunting, and he just sent us a selfie. I don't know if you guys have seen that. Um, yeah. <laughs> he's in his deer stand right now, uh, getting his getting his hunting on. Uh, so um, I'm not a hunter, so I guess uh, knock him dead, literally, uh, at Beach Daddy. But, uh, Go ahead and, and knock him dead. You like that? See? I grew up in a I grew up in a town like that. You should know. Um, so as we kind of wrap things up here, uh, you know, I this was awesome. This is probably one of my. This is actually I'll go on record. This is my favorite soccer chat that we've done. Like I, this was so cool to do this. Have you guys all come on here? Uh, I want to do more stuff like this, but unfortunately, like with all of our schedules and and work on the next day and kids and families, it's kind of hard to do stuff like this. Uh, but I hope that we can do it again sometime. Uh, as we get out of here, um, you know, let's go through uh, the the order of the, the screens here of, of what you guys can see, uh, starting with uh, uh, Alberto. Uh, if somebody is, is listening to this right now and they want to reach out to you uh, to contact you maybe via Twitter or, or whatever, how how can coaches network with you? Um, they can reach me at Twitter at a. Uh, it's sorry, it's at Coach A underscore Gonzalez. It's G O N Z A L E Z. All right, and let's go to Alex. Yeah, so my Twitter is uh, Alex Ng1997. My last name is only two letters. It's and that that makes it easy. Just two letters. I mean, come on now. That, that that's amazing. And Alex is, <laughs> is is that young upstart knockout kid. Uh, as as we've had him on the show before. Make sure to follow him. He's a, he's an excellent excellent follow. Uh, Clifton, how can people get uh, in contact with you if they they want to? Uh, Super easy. Uh, so Twitter's at Clifton underscore Bush. Uh, you can find me, cbush, unca.edu as well. If you need to reach out via email, Instagram, same thing, Clifton underscore Bush and uh, Facebook as well. So uh, NWSL Rewind, if you are, are ever out there uh, listening. In after we got everybody's stuff in, but there you go. Get your plug in. Get it in. Hey, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm the plug, the plug, the shameless plug master here. You know, you gotta be, you gotta be. All right, and uh, Ian, what about you, man? How can people network with you? Um, Twitter handle is igw21, um, or my work email is iwilson at carthage.edu. And the lady and the grace and the style. And the class of soccer chat, Miss Cat. How can people uh, network with you? Um, well, I think you gave me a little bit too much credit, but I appreciate it. Um, I am Coach Cat, and it's Cat with the K. So Coach Cat one eight on Twitter and on Instagram. Um, yeah, so Coach Cat with a K one eight. That's me. Oh, and Alberto says he has had a great chocolate peanut butter beer, though. Where yeah. did that come from? Well, you're talking about like chocolate and like re or beer yeah. and Reese's together. So I was like, oh, I've had like the combination of two. This is still a no. That sounds so no. gross. It's, it's so good. No, it was good. Promise. I feel like, okay, like I feel like my wife has had something similar to that. And I remember her being like, surprisingly, it was good. I don't know. It's I just, not, I, I, when I think of my drinks, I don't want to think of peanut yeah, butter and chocolate. As gnarly as it sounds. I'm okay. Like, well, 
We'll we'll take your word for it. Uh, anything else that you guys want to get out? Any plugs? You know, we, Clifton's already done his plugs for the day. Uh, any plugs you guys got out? Maybe it's your club you want to give a shout out to, or, or just any anything soccer related uh, that you want to give a shout out to. Or actually, I, I we said we were going to do it. Uh, what are you thankful for when it comes to soccer? Anybody can go. Soccer chat family. Like, who? When else do you get to hang out with these people on a weekly basis and talk soccer and? not get in arguments and fights, but have like a real discussion. That's and, what it's all about. Know, it's, it's legit. It's a good soccer family. So I'm thankful for you guys. Oh, we're thankful for you too, Kat. Anybody else? What are you guys thankful for when it comes to uh, soccer related? Uh, skip. Let's, let's just have someone else have a go first. <laughs> <laughs> and punt. You know, um, you know, for me, I like honestly, it is, it's, it's all, it's the people, right? I, I mean, I think the the business is is about our business is about people, and so for me, I think this year has been a, a great year of learning for me, and so I've been super thankful for like just the the people that have kind of surrounded me and helped me, and um, I, I think the support in this game is is second to none. Um, plus, uh, you know, there was. We've had my my personal team has had a bit of tragedy this year, so uh, you know a bit of a love out to the Leicester City group um, and all that was going on over there. And so, uh, you know, just wanted to I'll I'll leave with that. Um, I am. Oh, this Alex. Sorry, go ahead, Alex. Apologies. Oh, my bad. My bad. <laughs> Alex is on that uh, college. Uh, I mean, kind of repeat. No, you're good. <laughs> no, yeah. you guys are fine. I mean, kind of just to repeat what Kat said, being thankful that, that this is. Yeah, it's a lag for me. Um, and kind of thankful that this is, this is even a profession that we get to do this every day. And like we, uh, barely work a day in our lives and we do what we love that's absolutely true absolutely true and alberto what are you what are you thankful for when it comes to soccer uh right now i'm thankful for good wi-fi i'm just kidding um (laughs) (laughs) bang 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 bang, the thing goes blah 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 um i am thankful that arsenal is actually having a good season season oh okay um i'm thankful that we got the 2026 bid um that's pretty major um and um i'm thankful for the people that i've met this year um i've met some really really great people and i've had uh a new change um of environment i moved from orlando city to atlanta um so i'm really really thankful for that the opportunities i've had this year ian i'd say just like having a great coaching network and a great group of coaching friends i don't think i would be in this position, you know, at being a college head coach, if it wasn't for, you know, you, Rizzo, Don, Bianca, you know, and some other great mentors and friends, coaching friends that I have in my life. So, you know, I think having, you know, that great kind of core group to kind of, you know, bounce things off of and kind of having those random conversations has, has been great. At, uh, you guys – basically hit the nail on the head. I mean, I can sit here and say, uh, I'm not going to try to speak for Nick, uh, but I think that we would, we would definitely say that soccer chat 
is what we are thankful for. Um, and, and the people that we've met, uh, the, the connections that we made, uh, we go on and on. Uh, I know on the show sometime about our little group text that we have, uh, that, that I'm in with Ian and, and some of the other guys who, and girls who have been on the show before. Um, and like, that is one of the best things that's happened to me as a coach. And, and I wouldn't have that if it wasn't for, uh, the chats on Wednesday nights. And I think the ability to develop professionally, uh, every single week, rather than have to wait and schedule a class and pay for a class, you can do it every single Wednesday night. Uh, and, and like Kat said, you know, there's no arguing or, or fighting. It's there's, uh, professional debates and, and understanding someone else's opinion and, and getting to understand why they do things the way they do. Uh, you can't ask for anything better than that. I mean, it's a, it's a place of no hate. We, we love everybody. Uh, we, we want everybody to come in and, um, we can, uh, we, we all develop, uh, and, and things along those lines. Um, and, that, and that's what I'm thankful for. I'm thankful for my entire soccer family. Big shout out to Anderson Brush University, Coach Phipps, all the all the lads there, uh, Jaron Holm with the uh, with, with the with the girls team, uh, also my club team, Indiana Fire Junior South. Uh, we're we're doing big things. We're getting there. We're on our way back up. Uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't give a shout out to uh, to, to Midland Soccer Club, George Hay J, uh, who I learned so much from in my time up there. I'm very very thankful for the things that uh, that he was able to uh, to get into my thick brain uh, to allow me to learn to make myself even better. So it's all about soccer chat. It's all about uh, being thankful. And this was the first ever soccer chat friendsgiving, and we had an excellent panel with us here. We had Clifton Bush, we had Alberto Gonzalez, Alex Ng. Cat Nichols and Ian Wilson. And I'm just so happy that we got together. We did this. Everybody, you know what it is. The best part about all this is that we get to do it again next week. Everybody, we'll catch you later. Check out that World Cup U17. <laughs> <laughs>